0: On our 70th episode, we take it to another level. We focus on how to dominate life by manning up. Our special guest today is world-recognized entrepreneur, Bedros Koulian. He is the founder and CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp and a best-selling author. Now, Bedros inspires and motivates in the most direct and raw form. This man holds absolutely no punches. If you want to get inspired and get the tools you need to change your life, you've come to the right place. Stand by. Rise up, a warrior, my brothers. Welcome back to the Man of War podcast. And my name is Rafa Conde, And of course, I am your host. I am also the founder of the Man of War movement, which is kicking it up a notch. My brothers, I want to say thank you for the amazing support here over the last 70 episodes. You guys have stepped it up. And I am just so thankful and so blessed to have such a strong tribe behind this movement. And it is all because of you, because of warrior minded men like yourself that have decided to take it up a notch and more importantly, have actually committed themselves to walking on the warrior's path. So as of the time of this recording, we're going to be making a huge announcement on Friday, June 8th at 7 p.m. We're going to blow this out live on Instagram and Facebook and. And I gotta tell you, we are very, very excited. Been working on this for well over a year and uh, cannot be happier, more excited right now than I am. All right, so remember June 8th at 7 p.m. All right, next thing, we're gonna touch base on this because it is super important and this is how we continue trending higher. I need you to do me a favor and go over to iTunes and leave us a review. My brothers, I do this podcast for free. I bring two podcasts to you a week, absolutely for free. It takes hours and hours of my time from setting up the guests, to interviewing them, to editing, right? And to give you the final badass product that you're listening to. So please, I ask you, go to iTunes, leave us a review, and check this out, tag a friend or share that episode with someone that you believe is a warrior-minded man that will get something from each episode. All right, do yourself a favor, grab a T-shirt, grab our new design, that Kaizen Constant Improvement Design just came out uh, I believe with the 1st of June here, you got to go check out that t-shirt. It is super badass. It's only going to be available for a couple of weeks. Go grab it at swag.com Support this podcast. I got to tell you that every time you get one t-shirt, send me a pic, right? Send me a picture so I could post it on social media. I love it. And by the way, thank you for all the emails that I've received and all the DMs from you guys. I love to interact. You guys really really send me some very very powerful messages and it is because of you that i continue doing this and putting all my effort into forging men like yourselves into high level warriors this is what this show is completely about all right grab your manual it's absolutely free forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual, I've updated it, some very good things. If you are interested in learning how to walk on the warrior's path, this 14-page, 16-page manual is going to be very, very powerful read for you. All right, if you've made the commitment that you want to make a change in your life today, go check out the Warrior Development Program. It's an online training program specifically for warrior-minded men like yourself. Right now, I'm giving you 14 days for absolutely free. We have over 220 warrior-minded men right now signed up for this program. Go check it out at ForgingAWarrior.com. All right, last but not least, give me a follow on Instagram, at Man of War with two R's. We're doing some great things over there. All right, hang on to your hats, and let's jump right into the show. Bedros, welcome to the Man of War podcast. It is an absolute honor to have you on, my brother.
1: Thank you for having me, Ralph, man. I really appreciate it.
0: Awesome, man. We were talking before the podcast here, recording, and... You know, it's, it's, it's just an honor to have you on. I followed you for so many years here and just seeing you come up and be where you are today. You've branded yourself tremendously and you're out there, you know, and, and, and you're a guy that basically tells it how it is. You're black and white, you're straightforward, and I love that about you with that passion, with that energy, and this is what we need more of, warrior-minded men like yourself. For our audience, do me a favor, Pedro, if you can just introduce yourself for those that might not know you
1: yeah man uh been my pleasure so i basically call myself the immigrant edge and the american dream and what i mean by that is i immigrated from a communist country in 1980 i was six years old didn't speak english didn't understand the culture we were poor we were broke and we lived in section eight housing when we came here my dad knew that he wanted us to have freedom and opportunities that he didn't have in the soviet union and so he risked his life to get us here now growing up i was bullied and i was called a foreigner and i was told you better F and go back to your own country and so you can imagine when you become a teenager getting to your early 20s you have a chip on your shoulder you have a lot of anger you have a lot of rage Absolutely. and i grew up as that guy um and the truth of the matter is i'm not proud of this but i got involved with i was on the other side of the law for a while we me and a few friends would, would do some carjackings and one particular day we were carjacking someone we uh we ended up getting in a fight. Little did we know that he had, this guy was a gang member and he had 13 other buddies around him. And, uh, I ended up getting hospitalized and was bleeding and, um, peeing blood. And I realized in that moment that, you know what, um, being on this side of the law is serving up a lot of karmic justice for me. And if I want to actually live to see the age of, you know, 30, I better do something different. I better put this rage, this anger, this chip on my shoulder, this fire in my belly towards something productive. And so I went into the fitness industry because the only constant in my life from uh, the age of 17 on was working out. I used to be a fat kid. So growing up not only as a foreigner but also as a fat kid because eating government food and white bread and bologna and Velveeta cheese. (laughs) I mean (laughs) – you no, all of a sudden no, realize, like, hey, man, no girl wants to talk to me. And so it was my only goal senior year of high school to get in shape and ask a girl out to the prom. So I got in shape the summer of senior year, ref, but I, I, I didn't ask a girl out because I didn't have the confidence. And but I realized working out was so transforming for me that I wanted to help others achieve this transformation that I gotten, And so. I started, you know, learning about what it takes to get certified as a personal trainer, and you know, working out consistently. Had a handful of clients and struggling as a personal trainer, all while being a jackass and doing stupid stuff um, and getting into trouble. But it wasn't until the you know mid twenties there that I realized I'm getting served up massive doses of karmic justice because I'm being an idiot, and I need to put this rage and fire in my belly to use. And so I became a full time personal trainer. Thankfully, one of my personal training clients, Jim Franco, was kind enough to to start mentoring me. Um, and and this is embarrassing to say, but I didn't realize the value of his mentorship the first year or two years. And I was so closed off and fixed minded where where that was concerned. But once I realized this guy was taking me under his wing and he saw something in me that I didn't even see and I didn't believe in myself, sky was the limit. So you fast forward another decade. And here in my early 30s, now I coach and consult personal trainers because I had built and sold five personal training gyms of my own. And in my early 30s, I was coaching and consulting personal trainers, had 43,000 personal trainers on my customer list. They'd bought a course from me, a, uh, come to a seminar, a workshop, et cetera. And it wasn't until around 2010 that I got this idea that once the economy had crashed a few years earlier, I got to come up with a better way to serve the fitness industry like nobody was buying one-on-one personal training because most people were broke after the economic right so my goal was to take this outdoor boot camp that was happening and you've seen these fitness boot camps happening in the parks around you right sure and if i can just take these outdoor boot camps and turn them into indoor business models then we could replicate them across Every single state, no matter if it snows there or if it rains there or if it's freezing cold, because it will be weatherproof. It will be indoors. And so I did that. And by 2012, we had franchised the Fit Body Bootcamp model. Um, so between 2012 and now, here we are, 2018, we've got nearly 700 locations worldwide. We're in uh, four countries, three continents, and we're one of the fastest growing fitness franchises on the planet.
0: Wow. So, I mean you basically took it from from a guy that was out there, you know, committing crimes, kind of being someone that in reality wasn't who you were at your core and changing your life around and being a super successful entrepreneur, someone that could lead others, someone that could actually walk the walk, right? I mean, the important part here and no all bullshit aside is there's a million entrepreneurs out there on YouTube on you know uh, iTunes here and there left and right, but there are only very few that can walk the walk, that can realistically say, hey, you know what? I've been there, I've come a long way, and now I've done it. And uh, you know, yeah. I think that that for you, Bedros, I mean, I don't know if you agree with me here, but being what you were before forged you into who you are today.
1: You know what i can't agree with you because to be very honest with you i knew that wasn't the man that my father raised i knew that wasn't the man that my father brought to this country to you know hey go and carjack people and and get in a police helicopter chase like that's not why we ended up here and so i knew deep down inside i'm letting my father down i'm letting my mom down but i also had so much anger and rage i didn't know how to channel that and I gotta tell you, one of the greatest things that happened was two, two things. One, getting that beat down by 13 gang bangers that got me put into the hospital and really helped me realize that
0: Hey, my brothers, just a quick break in the action here. I want to talk to you about a company that I have been using for all my video and photo needs. Grizz Creative. You can find them at grizzcreative.com forward slash video. You're going to get professional videos, professional photos. And if you talk to Andre, this guy is an expert storyteller. He can take your video, transform it for you, and take your company to the next level. Go check them out at grizzcreative.com forward slash video
1: this path is going to ultimately kill you or, or 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 maim you and the other thing was that jim franco my personal training client who had no he had no reason no reason to take me under his wing and mentor me made the investment in me and that's when i realized that you know if a stranger sees value in me i need to start seeing self-worth so you're absolutely right man it did forge me because i wasn't happy doing what i was doing i was sick to my stomach when i was being an 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 idiot asshole, um, but I didn't know any better until I started to get mentored by this guy who said, hey, I see more in you than, than you see in yourself. What a shame. And he would have some tough talks with me and that really made me wake up and realize that maybe I have greater potential and it's time to start reaching for it.
0: So talk to me a little bit about when was it in your life that, I know that you got this beat down by the gang mangers. Was it at that time where you just say, fuck it, I cannot do this anymore, I need to make a transformation, I need to stop, halt all the shit that I'm doing, and I'm going to take it up to that next level and make something of myself? Or was it at another time in your life?
1: You know, I would say that was probably the turning corner, but I'll be very frank with you, Rafa, it wasn't a 90 degree corner that I turned, it was like this slow U-turn that I was making. But that was the beginning that was the first domino that made me realize like holy crap I see what's been happening the more bad I do the more bad happens to me it's just that was the biggest bad thing that happened to me where you try carjacking someone and he's got a car full of you know a few other cars behind him of uh, gang members and actually later that night they came and found us because they knew exactly who we were where we went they planned out an attack and they executed on their attack and I could have very easily been dead and so that day that night I realized I've got to do something, and this is karmic justice. And so, unfortunately, it wasn't a light switch, and that's what I mean when I say it wasn't a 90-degree turn all of a sudden. It was a slow turn, right. but I realized i got to do something, and that's when I started to pay attention more to Jim Franco, my mentor. And that's when I started to listen to the audiobooks. Well, I guess at the time it was audio CDs of guys like Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, and started to understand that if you do good, good things will happen. You do bad, bad things will happen. That there's this universal law of attraction and that you can actually be persuasive. You can sell, you can market, you can influence people and you don't just have to bully your way through life. And so from the time of that beating, there was like this two to three year evolution where I said, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. And by my late twenties, 27 28 is when I started to open up my personal training gyms and really was like a full fledged entrepreneur. And, you know, that other life was almost like a memory to me.
0: Wow. So now, at any time, like say when you started turning the corner there and you said, hey, you know what, my focus here is going to be, my mindset is. An entrepreneur. I want to be an entrepreneur. I mean, there had to be a point in time where you were you were a little scared, you were a little bit nervous because this was basically a new life to you. You were stepping into an unknown, and as as you all know, a lot of times that unknown, right, that place of uncertainty, is what really keeps men, good solid men, from taking it up to that next level. How did you do that?
1: Oh my God, man! And I remember the times of the unknown, and I remember because they would give me such bad ulcers that i would literally go to the restroom and <laughs> i would poop out blood i would uh, there's no other way to say it right
0: yeah no doubt
1: and and the way i dealt with it was something that it's funny again my mentor told me in the beginning it kind of fell on deaf ears but later on years later i learned from a, a therapist um, and it was that action alleviates anxiety and so no matter how good of a man you are, let's say you're the most modern day night, you're driven, you're fearless. If you're going to do something new and different, like I know guys who come out of the Navy SEALs and they go, holy crap, I'm so scared. And you ask them why, you go, I know how to blow in doors and go in and kidnap or kill the bad guy. I don't know how I'm going to make a paycheck in the civilian world. And they're fearful. And so it doesn't matter how brave you are when you're trying something new and different you're going to experience fear and you know you can just change the word fear to anxiety sure. the difference is i used to not take action when i felt fear when i was trying something new and so i i the anticipation of what might happen was worse than actually what would happen if i lost the money or tried to open up the business and so i would I would start getting indigestion. That would lead to ulcers. That would lead to getting hospitalized. That would lead to anxiety attacks. And so, as an entrepreneur trying to, I guess you know, cut my teeth, dude, it wasn't until I started taking action that all these weird pains and frustrations and night terrors and anxiety attacks went away. That's up awesome. until then, awesome. Yeah, up up until then it was just stress, stress, stress because the fear of the unknown was freaking me out. And so, like I said, later, in, years later, I learned from a therapist friend, that anxiety is just anticipation of future pain. So you can say fear is anticipation of future pain, but if you take action towards it, odds are the pain is never gonna be as great as you think it is in your mind.
0: That's great, that's a great point, and this is something that I I preach, I believe in 100% that a lot of times, people are nervous to get into something but then they lack the action, they don't take the action. But in reality, just like you said, a lot of times, that once you take that action, you realize it wasn't all that bad, you know. It wasn't all that bad. It didn't kill me in the end. It was something that I that I actually can look back now and say, "Shit, that forged me. That forged who I am today." Because I took those actions. That's awesome. So I want to know from you: When in your life did you finally say, and uh, and you say, you know what? I am finally. Moving in the right direction? Was it opening your, you know, the the personal training business or had you already achieved something prior to then?
1: I hadn't achieved, sadly. I hadn't achieved anything uh, substantial prior to then. So yeah, it was when I opened up my personal training gyms, my first of five, that I felt a sense of accomplishment and I felt a sense of impact. And I got to be honest with you, man that sense of impact trumped the sense of accomplishment for me like knowing that i was helping a school teacher get in shape eat healthier reduce her stress and then to have her come back to me and go hey you know what i started teaching my students what you're teaching me about awesome. how carbs work and how fat works and how protein you know uh, hel- helps kind of satiate your appetite and 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 control your blood blood uh, sugar levels and, and i realized oh my gosh every client could be impacting 10 20 30 other people out there and I got addicted to this idea of impact and so you know you fast forward a decade from then never mind the feeling of, of accomplishment and money that was great money security money is a vehicle to freedom I get it accomplishment I believe all men need a sense of duty or purpose or accomplishment if you don't have that you're gonna be you're gonna be depressed you're gonna be suicidal uh, I can tell you from firsthand experience when I had no purpose or sense of meaning, Um, I was often depressed and thought to myself that, you know, if, if I just fell off a bridge, no one would even notice. And so the accomplishment felt good, but the impact felt infinitely better for me. And I got addicted to it. And that led to opening up gym number two, three, four, five. And then I sold my five gyms and I realized if I just coach and consult personal trainers, man, I could even make a bigger impact because each personal trainer can get more clients. And then I started to realize, well, if I help start this unified brand of a of a fitness franchise, oh my gosh, I could be impacting millions of lives. And I'm going to tell you, the most selfish thing I do right now is continue to help people lose fat, get fit, and build their confidence because as I make an impact in their lives, I feel so good about myself. There's a feeling of accomplishment, there's a feeling of purpose that I have. I wake up every morning, I can't think about my fucking problems. I can't think about my problems because I have to think about other people's needs first. And now that I put other people first, impact has been the most addictive thing for me. And I dare say if more more men would try, man, that is one of the most addictive things on the planet.
0: So talk to me a little bit about how you would give or what advice would you give to, say, someone that is, you know, in their 30s, they've kind of had a rough life, they're just barely making it like the average American just going out there working a nine-to-five job. I mean, what advice would you give them to say, hey, you know what, step it up?
1: Oh, sure. I can tell you this right now, man. Most of us are taught to neuter our desire for growth and to take risks, Like, like, guaranteed, and we're taught that by parents, by school teachers, by grandparents, because they care for us, right? Like, hey man, don't 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 go to the edge; you might fall off. Okay, great. that's that's good parenting advice. But also, ooh, do you really that's want right. to take that's a right. loan and open up that business? Uh, look right. at the number of competitors you have. Are you sure? So, so parents, families start giving advice like that, even in athletics in right, school. Right. And before you know it, I believe every human, man or woman, is grown up like they were born as fighter jets. But we are neutered and turned into crop dusters by parents and school teachers who want us to play it safe and who want to alleviate risk. Well, what that does is it then puts us in a place where we go, well, I better just be average, give average marriage, average kids, average lifespan and so i tell guys like hey you know what there are fucking claws and fangs in your body like you just need to pull out your claws and fangs because you are a fucking lion you're meant to hunt you're meant to go out there and get what you want in exchange for value in other words you know help the world achieve something and so every single guy listening to your podcast and hopefully there's women listening as well deep down inside there's a solution to a problem like we're such creative humans We've seen something and go, Oh, you know what? I can make that thing better. Or hey, here's an app that no one's ever thought of. I can make that. Well, what's the difference about between the g- Elon Musk who goes, Oh yeah, I wonder what's on Mars. And if we should go and explore. And then he does it versus the guy that goes, I wonder what's on Mars. And then goes, somebody should go and explore. Well, why are they saying somebody? Why not you? Because they feel they're not worthy because they've been neutered in the process. So If you dig deep down inside, you'll see you've got claws and things, get out your claws and things, start hunting and get to Mars.
0: So do you think that a lot of the society, unfortunately, you know, mid thirties or so was raised a certain way and that while the, you know, individuals, parents did their best to raise their children, they weren't really leading them in the right way to kind of get to that full potential. Would you agree with me on that?
1: I would agree 100%, and I'm a byproduct of that. My mom and dad brought me to the United States. My dad risked his life, but then everything he taught me as a kid was play it safe. Sure. You know, We moved to Southern California, and I was like, hey, dad, you know, I want to go to Huntington Beach, get in the waves. Oh, you might drown, because he had a brother who drowned. Right. See, this is where that comes from. He had a brother who drowned in Armenia, and so to him, water was a risk. So he, son, don't go in the water, son, don't go climbing on top of things, son, don't do this. Soon, we are for lack of a better term, we're bubble-wrapped and we grow up bubble-wrapped. Again, they mean well, but they end up taking away our claws and fangs. Thankfully, you can find them if you just decide to go a little primal and dig deep.
0: Awesome. I love that word, primal and raw and just dig deep. Now, I'm going to kind of dive right into that here. Do you think our society nowadays has absolutely either very limited or no kind of knowledge about what their primal instincts are, right? About what rawness is, about what working hard, what really focusing on doing something. Do you think they're missing these elements?
1: Absolutely, and they're missing it, and it's an unfortunate, God, it's such an unfortunate time we live. Like, If you want to find your primal element, if you want to become that modern day knight, if you want to be that hero, every guy knows like, ooh, here's a situation where I should act. I see a lady on the side of a freeway changing her own tire, I should pull over and act. Ooh, maybe she's going to think I'm Harvey Weinstein and and I'm just trying to feel her up or something. And because of that, they keep driving. I say, pull the fuck over, help that person out. And look, this has happened to me. I was driving through a parking lot. This was several years ago. I saw a woman who was trying to get into her car. Uh, Clearly, she was using a hanger, which tells me that the keys were left inside. And I said, hey, roll down my window. Hey, can I come out and help you? Is there anything I can do? No, I can figure it out myself. She was a, I am woman, hear me roar. I said, you know what, good for you. And I kept driving. But plenty of times I've seen opportunities like that and I stopped to help, guy or gal, and they've been very thankful. They've been very grateful. And I think to myself, I would want someone to stop and help my wife, my daughter. I would want someone to stop and help me sure. on one side of the highway. But we've become so emasculinized, like, uh, don't do it because uh, what about liability? Uh, what about if someone thinks you're a Harvey Weinstein? Here, Here's a great example of that again. Um, I'm writing a book currently that comes out in September. It's called Man Up, and it's about entrepreneurial leadership. The original title was Man Up, How to Cut the Bullshit and Dominate in Business and in Life. Now, here's what happened next, Rafa. The publisher came back to me and said, hey, we did a focus group, and uh, the focus group said that we shouldn't use the word dominate, how to dominate in business and in life. Uh, Can we change it to Man Up, How to Cut the Bullshit and Kick Ass in Business and in Life? I said, you know what? I suppose we can. You're the publisher. At the end of the day, you bought the rights to my book. But I'm just curious why. Why is this happening? What's wrong with dominating life? What's wrong with dominating in business? Oh, well, sure. you know, the whole Me Too movement right now. This is their words. The whole Me Too movement right now. Wow. You know, wow. women don't want to be dominated. Dominate. Listen, I'm no fucking Harvey Weinstein. People who read sure. my book aren't going to be, at least I hope they're not going to be like Harvey Weinstein to go around and, and be inappropriate with women. So, The fact that men all of a sudden are not allowed to be men, we can't use the words like dominate, and we can't use words like primal, and we can't use words like I want to go out there and crush it, is really unfortunate because it is declawing and defanging the men that ultimately everyone wants to turn to down the line when the shit does hit the fan. They go, you're a guy, do something, and he goes, I'm no longer a guy, I'm a fucking pussy.
0: Wow, yeah, no doubt. And Bedros, listen, I'm I'm a police officer and I also teach at the police academy for many years. And I'll tell you right off the bat, I mean, typically what you think that goes through uh, police academies, you know, you got men and women that have that warrior mindset. Unfortunately, over the last, say, seven to eight years, you've noticed that that primal instinct, that warrior mindset has diminished more and more. And the younger recruits that come through the police academy are basically unfortunately a product of our society, which is not a very good thing. So even from a law enforcement perspective, you know, I have noticed a tremendous shift, tremendous shift in the quality of recruit, the quality of police officer that is out there on the street. In my world, if you don't have a warrior mindset, you don't have that edge, you're not sharp all right, you're not on point. You can lose your life, um, and you know, and and and, and I think Pedro's in, in the entrepreneur world, which you know, I'm. I'm also I have a foot in the entrepreneur world. I mean, I run multiple businesses, and it, it's it's the same fucking thing. All right, you know what I mean? You gotta have balls. You gotta have heart. And the society, I am so with you here. Society is emasculating men, and you know, look women are great. I have a daughter, I have a five-year-old daughter, and I'm teaching her that she can be whatever the fuck she wants, okay? There's no doubt about it. But I don't know if you agree with me here. The bottom line is this. Stop emasculating men. Let them be men. Let them be masculine.
1: I I, I wish more people would hear that message. And, you know, as you tell me, that over the last five to eight years, you're seeing this transformation of police officers, male and women, coming in, and they're not using their instincts anymore, their warrior instincts. And it's not because they don't have it. It's not that somehow you know through evolution that that instinct went away. It's because we're forced to suppress it because we don't want to get sued, we don't want to get called out, we don't want someone to tell me that I'm being like uh, you know too aggressive. That's a business. That's a job. That's a vocation that we want you to be aggressive. We want you to use your instincts. We want you to be on high alert. Yet we are taking all of those instincts away and saying, here's a badge, here's a gun, go protect us. And when they don't use their instincts, unfortunately, either the police end up dead or the people they're supposed to protect end up dead because they err way too far on the side of caution. And that just can't happen in that space.
0: No, no doubt. No doubt. And, you know, one of the one of the things that I that I like about you, you're 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 straight up. You're no bullshit. This is what I do. I mean, I've traveled the world. I've taught the military. I've been in positions that are very, very ugly. I mean, most of my time I was narcotics undercover. I I worked very difficult uh, cases and for me the most important part is listen if i didn't have that warrior spirit inside if i didn't have that drive that part of my masculine self i got to tell you i probably would wind up de- would have wound up dead somewhere and the same thing going into business. I mean, I just started about eight years ago becoming an entrepreneur, using my skills, moving it forward, creating a movement, using that drive, very much what you, like what you talk about. And like m- myself, I got to take on mentors. I mean, you're one of the guys that I follow very, very tightly. I, I love your message. I align with your message. I think a lot of our listeners are going to align with your message. And, you know, I just love what you're doing, man. I mean, I think you are straight on point and we need more men like you out there.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. That means a lot.
0: All right. So we're going to shift hats here. And I want to talk a little bit about your daily routine. I want to know when Bedros wakes up in the morning, what's the first thing you do to the last thing you do when you go to bed?
1: Sure, sure. So you can pretty much set your clock to me, uh, I'd say, five days a week. Uh, Monday through Friday, especially. Not to say my weekends, I go out and party and go nuts. It's just on the weekends, Um, I have a little looser schedule, and I'll explain. So my mornings, my morning routine starts the night before. And what I mean by that is the night before, I always do a brain dump. I open up my iPhone, I go to the notes section, and I go, what are the things right now that are going to keep me awake tonight that I need to work on tomorrow morning that's going to move my business forward? You know uh, maybe i need to hire a new salesperson maybe i need to look into you know scaling our ads etc i'll write those three to five things down and do a brain dump onto my iphone and then i'll put them in the order of most importance to me in other words the thing that's going to move the needle first that helps me do two things one when i wake up in the morning i already have a list to get up and dominate number two i've already cleared out my brain so it's not going to keep me awake at night because i've done a brain dump and i put it in some kind of order so i fall asleep typically wake up between 5, 5.30, uh, sometimes as early as 4.30. My alarm is set to 5.30, so I'll never wake up later than 5.30, and I never hit the snooze button on the alarm. And I've got these weird little habits and rituals, man, so I'm going to share it with your guys listening to this. I believe that if anyone who hits the snooze button is really saying that I'm a loser and I want to take the path (laughs) of being average instead of dominating my path of potential. What i mean by that is think about this they say the subconscious mind controls our actions right it really controls like 90 percent of our actions so if the alarm goes off and then you hit that snooze button on your iphone or, or android or alarm clock for 10 more minutes of mediocre sleep you're telling your subconscious mind i want 10 more minutes of mediocre sleep over getting up and dominating my life's purpose and so the rest of the day Your subconscious mind is saying you're a loser. You're a loser. You're a loser. Even though you're trying to negotiate a deal, your subconscious mind is saying you're a loser. Even though you're trying to hire someone, even though you're trying to uh, do do an M&A merge or whatever you're going through uh, in your business, subconsciously, you've already knocked down the first domino in the stack of dominoes that have the word loser on them instead of my day is going to be successful. So I spring out of bed when my alarm goes off. And that's that. Or I wake up before my alarm. And if it's anywhere within 45 minutes to my alarm going off, I just get out of bed. Because if I go back to sleep, it's just going to be interrupted sleep. So I I get up, shower, go downstairs, and I get my water, my coffee, and my protein shake. And I start drinking it in the order of water, protein shake, then coffee. While I'm drinking my coffee, I play with my dog, Cookie, because she needs to get her exercise in the backyard. And this allows me to go through while I'm throwing the ball for her. And we do it about eight to 10 times. I'm going through this little gratitude exercise. Years ago, I learned that you, know, you should meditate in the mornings. Well, I've tried, and it doesn't work for me. So all the dudes listening to this are like, fuck, man. I've tried meditating. It doesn't work for me. I've got the brain of a hummingbird. and My, my shit moves fast. I realized that you know meditation for me is just a gratitude list. First thing in the morning, who am I grateful for? I pick three people that I'm grateful for that day in my life. And three events that I'm grateful for in my life, the fact that I've got a big property in Southern California and that I don't I don't have to hear my neighbors sneezing and and farting and all that stuff because growing up as a kid, even growing up in my 20s, I lived in so many shithole apartments that I could hear my neighbors doing everything. And the one thing I remember I was thinking to myself is one day I'm gonna live on a property where I don't even see my neighbors. and And I love that. So I'm th- you know this morning it was I'm thankful for my property. I'm thankful for my health and I'm thankful for the fact that I'm forty three years old but and I always put myself through this little test. Gosh, I'm 43 years old, how old do I feel? And this morning I felt 35, and that for me is a win. And I'm grateful Hell for yeah. that. And then the three people that I was thankful for in my life, and people forget this. You might you might think about the three people that you're thankful for, but when was the last time you sent them a message, a text message? Like, like hey, Raphael, hope you're doing great, man. I was just thinking of you, long time no see. Just want to let you know that I listen to your podcast and I appreciate the people that you have on your podcast. Thank you so much for helping me man up and step up into my fullest potential. Like that, when you get that message, that would mean a lot to you, right? Absolutely. No one starts their day off with gratitude. So I go through my little gratitude exercise and and that takes me all of eight to 10 minutes while I'm playing with cookie. And then I go and sit on my favorite couch in the living room. And I look at my list of the three to five things I'm going to do on my iPhone. And then I put my phone on silent, turn it upside down, screen side down, and I push it two arms length away from me. All these little things matter. And people are like, oh, that's very specific. Yes, because one, I'm a control freak. I like to control my outcome. And two, I'm human and I'm probably going to give in to a buzz or a ding or a a flash of the screen. So I don't want to see the screen. I don't want to hear it. And I push it far away so that I can't instinctively reach for it and just see who's trying to reach out to me because that's called time theft. The Instagram, Facebook, people texting me when I didn't want them to text me. That's called time theft. They're stealing my time from me. So awesome. I just sit on the corner of that couch with my MacBook and I just work on the things. I uh, My job these days with our franchise as the CEO is to delegate, motivate, and sell. So I'll fire off emails about, hey, we need to sell more locations. We need to scale our traffic on YouTube because Facebook's doing fine. We need to get a new sales guy in. We need to do X, Y, and Z, whatever it is we need to do. I'm working off my list that I created the night before to dominate it. It'll take me about, oh, anywhere from – two to three hours to get that done, which is usually a a slew of emails, uh, some phone calls that I'll make. And then finally, I'll grab my phone, put up my social media post, so I can help the world because I do love having a sense of impact. People go, man, what's your end goal with Instagram? It's growing so quick for you. My end goal is just to help out young entrepreneurs who were in my position but don't have a mentor. Um, you know, thankfully I had a mentor. But if they don't have a mentor, hopefully they're on my Instagram channel and they're following me, and they've got a built-in mentor through me. Sure. Then I, by nine a.m. I'm in the gym every single day at nine a.m. I'm in the gym. I'm working out by about ten thirty. I get to the headquarters, which is why we're doing our our, re, our uh, podcast here at twelve because I got to the headquarters, showered, and had my meetings, and then at twelve my workday begins. Uh, my second workday, I should say, because it started first thing in the morning around six, sure. six thirty. And so now here at the office, my work day begins. And this is when I start working with my team. I do meetings. I take, do webinars, et cetera. By about 4.35 o'clock, my day ends. I will, and, and this is something that all men should do. And I learned this from my therapist. Um, I, I would say, hey, man, listen, I'm going to. And by the way, more men should go to therapists. Like I started going to a therapist because I was having severe anxiety attacks. And, and I thought I could deal with it on, on my own. I couldn't. Like the worst one I had, I thought I was actually having a heart attack. And the next day I had my wife take me to the emergency room because I was like, man, I cheated. I cheated a heart attack. I think I need to go to the hospital. Um, It turns out it was an anxiety attack. But I went to a therapist who helped me because I didn't want to take pills and and Xanax and all that shit to deal with my anxiety attack. So I needed a therapist to help me work through that. Thankfully, my therapist figured out that I probably had some other damage from being a, a young man. And so we worked through my damage as a kid in Armenia. And that helped me get a lot of freedom. But all this to tell you, one thing I told my therapist while I was working through my anxiety is, is, hey, man, I I leave work, I get home, and sometimes my wife's on edge. She's walking on eggshells. And my kids don't come running over to me like I want them to. Even the dog is cowering. (laughs) I go, what the fuck is up with that? And he goes, hmm. Well, he goes, looking at your face and the scowl that you have, if you're walking in with that face and that scowl, I wouldn't want to be around you either, Bedros. He goes, do you think that you're not taking the armor off? Oh, dude, what a big breakthrough that was. See, all day long, when you're an entrepreneur, you're in battle. It's no different than a soldier in battle. Someone wants to That's take right. your food from you. Someone wants to win market share. Someone's running your name through the mud, your reputation, whatever. Someone's going to sue you. Uh, so Facebook's guy. we spend a quarter million dollars a month on Facebook ads. Facebook has shut down our ad campaigns uh, and our entire ad account three times now in, in our history. Wow. And that is a pretty fucking stressful thing. So I would walk into the house with a scowl on my face and with this, like, uh, uh, look that I'm going to kill someone. And, of course, my wife and kids wanted nothing to do with me. So he goes, why don't you pull over somewhere after work between the office and the house? So I actually pull over at a gas station, and I'll just, like, listen to Howard Stern a little bit. I'll just go reprocess my day for about 20 minutes. And by 6 p.m., I get home. And when I walk across the pool deck, he taught me this skill as well. He goes, I want you to visualize your armor, visualize your armor falling off. So I visualize a chest plate falling off as I'm walking the arm, uh, you know, the armor on the arms, my helmet coming off, dropping my sword. And I walk into That's the awesome. house and I go, hey, guys, I'm home. Instead of just walking in and looking around like the Terminator, like who I'm going to kill next. That made all the difference. My wife didn't know. She just instinctively had a smile on her face. My kids came running to me. My dog was wagging her tail. So I learned very quickly that I can control everybody and everything around me. It all starts with me. So, you know, my day starts the night before I'm a control freak and I make sure that I only work on the things that matter for me. It's delegate, motivate and sell. And then I make sure that I don't come home as an asshole by taking that 30 minutes at the gas station in my car, to just decompress, listen to Howard Stern or watch, you know, car or gun videos on YouTube. Those are my two little fun hobbies that I have. And then I go home with a smile on my face, and I, as I walk into the door, the armor's falling off. And that's probably been some of the best lessons I've learned as a man, not just as an entrepreneur.
0: Oh, no doubt. That is, that is a great, great visualization. And as a police officer, when you're out there and you deal with horrendous things and you walk in through the door you you mean that visualization of taking that armor off being able to be with your family and disconnect from the shit out there unfortunately it's shit because you know you're dealing with crimes you're dealing with bad people you're dealing with just horrible things and that's just a great visualization right there you know taking that armor off and being clear now one of the things bedrolls that i want to know from you there's a, a part of each man's life that i believe they gotta sharpen their sword, and when I say sharpening their sword, I'm talking about, you know, sharpening their mindset, refreshing that spirit, um, and it has nothing to do with working. It has to do more with downtime, revigorating with the family, connecting with loved ones, kind of stepping outside the box and gaining that edge, gaining that edge, gaining that, you know, re, we, we like to call it, you know, re-energizing your warrior spirit. Do you do that? Is that something that you do from time to time?
1: I do, and I have uh, two versions of that. One of those is, a, is a, a micro version every day. And my workout time in the gym every morning is sacred to me. I don't have a workout partner. I don't want a workout buddy. Plenty of people have asked to come work out with me. Now, from time to time, you know, someone's in town, a client or whatever, we'll go work out together. I get it. I'm in the fitness industry. But I'm very selfish with my one and a half hours in the gym. By the way, like good 25, 30 minutes of that is spent doing mobility and stretching and all that stuff because I'm forty-three and uh, starting to get a little rickety on the joints. But that's a sacred time for me, and that helps me re-energize for the day. And then once a week, I go surfing. I only have one friend um, that, that I, you know, like that I would call a dear friend. I have a lot of people who are I'm friendly with, but a dear friend who I've known for over twenty years. You know, we worked at Disneyland together. We were busboys at the Carnation Cafe restaurant on Main Street. And we, we surf <laughs> together on a weekly basis. And to him, I'm still that jackass Pedro's who, you know, prankster and and, and, and 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 you know, dirty, filthy sense of humor. And we go surf together and have breakfast. And that'll usually be like either a Friday morning or a Saturday. And that's why I said my, you know, my weekends tend to be a little looser. And I have this almost like this built-in guy that I can let steam off with and shoot the shit with and walk down memory lane with. And that really helps me recharge. Like, for me, that's all I need because, again, it's very routine-based. I love routine. Like, if, if he said, hey, let's go surf Monday this week and Wednesday next week and Saturday next week, uh, his name is Chanta. I would say, Chanta, I can't do that. I love having set days that we go out there, that we surf, we have a breakfast together, we laugh it up, yuck it up, and then part ways and I go back to my family and the weekend starts. And so, to me, that's what I use. And I think – The fact that I do it on Fridays, I love that because it really helps take the armor off completely. And I have, and if I'm home that weekend, because I do travel a lot for speaking gigs and stuff, I speak a lot. But if I am home, I'm daddy, I'm just husband, and I'm not this guy who has to, you know, crush and dominate and put up these posts and send out emails and do webinars. Um, But, you know, on the flip side, if I have to be out of town, then it's usually Fridays that I fly out of town because I speak Saturdays and come back Sundays. Well, then. Then I don't surf and I feel it the next week. That's the funny thing is I feel it like I'm not so recharged. I feel a little drained. I'm a little more on edge. So for me, yeah, that's sacred time, man.
0: How important do you think it is to, to kind of go back to your basic, to your, to that, uh, you know, having a friend for many years and just being, you know, good old Pedros? I mean, do you think that that is relieving for you? Do you think that that really helps you out throughout life?
1: Yeah, I I think it's really important to have a person who you've known historically for a long period of time and who could call you out on your shit, who can just be there as a voice of reason, and who you you can have remember-when conversations. Um, To me, that's very grounding. I think lots of people need it, and entrepreneurs especially, we are very good at suffering in silence. Yes. Rafael, I know that, Agreed. you know, we are very, I, I know many entrepreneurs that I coach and consult. And when I dig a little bit into their life, I see that they're going through typical entrepreneur problems, money problems, uh, wife wants a divorce problems, all normal in the entrepreneurial world, just like divorce is high in the, uh, in the, in the police officer world, divorce is high in the entrepreneur world. But sure. the difference is when you're suffering in silence and you're not sharing this with anyone, you're not getting any feedback, you're not venting pretty soon, it's going to, come out some way and oftentimes it comes out in a very negative way Um, so to me that's that's important to have that voice of reason that you trust from uh you know years ago
0: so surrounding yourself with people that keep you accountable individuals that push you to get better that motivate you that are positive around you i mean how important do you think that is for for just anyone out there because i got to tell you i've talked about this numerous times and you know about the people that you get around with right that that surrounds you so important I mean unfortunately most of our society likes to hang out individuals that are at their level and below instead of you know people that are a little bit more elite levels people that they can look for guidance people maybe that have been there and done that what's your take on that
1: you know what we've all heard of that term that Your network is your net worth. Another way to say that is you are the lump sum of the five people that you hang out with the most. And whether people listening to this or not like what I'm about to say, this is truth. This isn't just my opinion. This is truth. You are the lump sum of the five people you hang out with the most. You can't say, well, listen, I carry myself differently. I think entrepreneurial, even though all my friends, uh, you know, clock in and clock out. Not true. If you're an entrepreneur, you're hanging out with people who clock in and clock out all the time, you still have that clock in and clock out work ethic. See, you you, you still believe that you can only work nine to five, even though you're an entrepreneur and you should be working around the clock. Because my brain works around the clock, even when I'm with the family. This is the truth. I'm not going to be this, draw this perfect picture for you that I have the the most perfect work-life balance. I've got a work-life mix. But having the right circle around you so you can level up is important. And I'll give you an example. In 2005, when I was dead broke and had just been married for two years, my wife's grandparents were kind enough to invite us to a family cruise to Alaska. The cruise ship stopped at Kitchikan, Alaska, and we got off the cruise ship and we're walking along the water and you see all these guys with these five-gallon buckets and they're casting a net into the water and then they let the net sink down and then they pull it out and they're pulling out little crabs. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So we stopped and watched. And one particular gentleman had about five or six crabs in a five gallon bucket. And, you know, the bucket was probably about one third full of water. And I noticed while we're watching him, I'm looking at the barrel of, of, of crabs he has. This one little ambitious crab is crawling on top of all the rest and then slowly reaching up for the rim of that bucket. And so being a good Samaritan, I, I said, sir, your, your crab is about to make a getaway. So he's trying to get out. And he just turned around and nonchalantly looked at me and he goes, watch what happens next. And so my wife and I are watching as this little crab is reaching up and trying to hoist itself up and over the edge. All the other crabs down at the bottom of the bucket reach up, grab it by its hind legs and pull it down. And he goes, you see what happened? I said, holy shit. Yes, I do. He goes, they are self-policing. And I realized in that (laughs) moment that we all have crabs in our life. And if you are trying to step it up by going to self-help programs or listening to Tony Robbins or listening to a podcast like this, and you go, you know what? I'm going to become the best version of myself. But you're still surrounded by the crabs in your life. Holy fuck, brother. They are pulling you down every time you're trying to get up on over that edge. So I say straight
0: up. Absolutely.
1: That's it. it. Find other people who are trying to level up and hang out with them. And I say find people who are a level or two above you because that creates a massive search of sense of urgency inside you to get to their level. As soon as you get to their level, again, find people who are a level or two above you. I'm always trying to be the littlest fish in the pond. The moment I'm the biggest fish in the pond or the smartest guy in the room, I realize it's time to leave that room.
0: My brothers, I hope that you listen to Bedros' words. Those are very impactful words, meaningful words, man. I mean, that, that is powerful right there. I love that. Hey, so I'm going to ask you a question that I ask all my guests in this show. What is your definition of a modern-day warrior?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. What is my definition of a modern-day warrior? You know what? My definition of a modern-day warrior is to be a modern-day knight, and I don't think enough men think like knights anymore. I take my daughter on dates every week, and I open the door for her, and I teach her that, hey, doc, honey, when you grow up, and 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 you have a friend who's a boy, and if he doesn't open the door for you, you call daddy, and I'm going to be right over there to kick his ass and bring you back home because a man <laughs> should be opening a door for you. Right, So more men should be modern-day nights. I teach my son. My son just opens doors everywhere he goes for, for, for men and women because that's what a young man's got to do. And so I think awesome. a warrior, modern-day warrior, needs to be a modern-day knight, think like a modern-day knight. And with that comes this never-peak mentality. And I'm a big fan of the show The Sopranos, and Tony Soprano has a little saying in, in one of the episodes. He says, the, the worst form of conversation that any two humans can have is the remember when conversation. Hey, remember when we played football together and I was the, the star quarterback? Hey, remember when I bench pressed 400 pounds and now I've, I'm overweight and out of shape? Never peak. And never peak to me means that the best is yet to come. And the way I look at it is I want to peak as a warrior, as a modern day knight, I want to peak the moment I take my last breath and die. I don't want to peak when I'm 50 And they go, oh, it's all downhill from here. I want to keep revolutionizing myself. I want to keep challenging myself. I want to keep mentoring. I want to keep recreating. And as long as we do that, I believe we call ourselves, we have the right to then call ourselves modern day warriors.
0: Awesome. Love it. Very powerful. I hope you, my brothers out there, you're listening to this because those are very powerful words. Again, Pedro's. how can my crew follow you?
1: You know, the fastest, easiest way is to follow me on Instagram. Or Facebook. And uh, you can find me at com, or just go to my website, manup.com.
0: Pedros, you also have a book coming out. When is it again?
1: Yeah, my book is about entrepreneurial leadership on how to become a leader and not only in business but in life. And the book comes out September 18,
0: 2018. All right, so we're going to probably have you on around that time frame also to get that book out so individuals, warrior minded men could really. You know, pick that book up and, and get a nice study of what it is to be a uh, entrepreneur, no doubt about it. My friend, my brother, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. You are a wise man. There's a lot of power in, in what you say. You are definitely on point, and in my book, you are a modern-day warrior, no doubt about it.
1: What an honor. Thank you so much, man, and I really appreciate the opportunity, Rafael.
0: Anytime, Bedros. We'll speak soon, brother. All right, my brothers, that was a great conversation with Bedros. This guy is a no-holds-barred fighter, man. He can go out there and put it. You like it is. I love that man. He is definitely an entrepreneur across the board and is direct in his approach, but he tells it like it is. That's the power behind his message. No gray area, only black and white. But more importantly, you got to take what he said. You got to take what you learned from this podcast and put it into work, right? You got to take action. So important. All right, my brothers, don't forget to give me a follow on Instagram at Man of War with two R's. Also, very, very important. You got to stand by for Friday's big, big announcement. 7 p.m. on Instagram Live and also on Facebook Live. We're going to be rocking the house, bringing you some fucking great, great news. I'm super excited. All right, my brothers, until next time, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.